Hello and welcome to The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host, that devil stole me coat and cap, Whitney Nelson. That's me. Hello. 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 It's been a minute Mm -hmm. since we, we spoke... Uh, it be- it became unexpectedly a hectic few weeks. <laughs> so, apologies all around. I'll take I'll take ninety nine percent of the credit. Oh, I don't want to leave you blameless in this. Uh, yeah, but. no. I mean, I feel like that's very very generous of you. I definitely <laughs> have more than one percent of the blame, but the majority can go to Andrew. Yeah, let's. I mean, I'll let, let allow me to shoulder it. But yes, it's, <laughs> okay. I've been looking forward to chatting, and every time I try to try to make that happen, I'm like, "Well, now what the fuck?" So, <laughs> but it's nice. All of my projects are done. All of my clients are very happy. It's been a it's been a hectic couple of couple of uh, at least a week. It feels longer, but uh, you know, time has no meaning anymore. So. It's really Who knows how long ago it was. It could be <laughs> yesterday. It could be ten years ago. I don't really know anymore. Exactly. I I get that. There's a weird. Uh, it's like Interstellar. You know, we went down to mm-hmm. the planet for just just five minutes, and everyone aged up ten years or mm-hmm. twenty years. It's crazy. So, mm-hmm. it's good to be back though, and and talking movies and talking movies for sure. So. I want to get back in the swing of things. I'll start off with our, our contact info and all that good stuff. And then we'll get into this proper. I have a mm-hmm. lot to say about this movie. I assume mm-hmm. you may also. I, I think you have a lot to say about this movie. I don't actually. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have some stuff to say, but I don't have. I don't think I have as much as you do. Okay, good. All right. Perfect. So, <laughs> let's uh, let's start. Uh, as always. Uh, I want to mention you can find the website and our podcast at 12and24.com. That's the numerals 1, 2, and 2, 4.com. You can email us, kurtlockerpod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at kurtlockerpod, whatever your preference is there for communication. Love to hear from you. Please do that. You can also join us on Discord and chat in real time. That's 12and24.com slash Discord. I would put the actual Discord link, but it's such a long pain in the ass to remember, and it's just a string of characters, so don't worry about it. Just go there, join, chat in real time. We're having a good time in there. I like it. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of fun. And then finally, if you want to support us, just a moment of your time, totally free, other than, you know, obviously time is money, but you know what, you know. You know how that goes. You can just share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Bring more people into the fray. I just have a feeling, as always, that like (laughs) in about 10 episodes, this thing's going to take off in a big way. And that's not unlike what happened with Keanu either. So uh, but share it now. Yeah, we are. We are so close to it, really. Really hitting the bricks running, but. We're still warming up. I have a lot of people asking, almost on a weekly basis. It happened all the time with Keanu. It's like, how, how's the Keanu movie rewatch going? And um, and it was always like, oh, pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we were around, you know, flying. Oh, we're pretty good, you know. Uh, what, you know, in that period of time. Same here with Kurt. How's that going? What are you watching? Uh, oh, Guns in the Heather. It's like, I never heard of that. It's like 
Yeah, I, I know. That's because it's had 12 <laughs> names and only aired on <laughs> Disney's Carousel of Color or whatever. Correct. Right. So I was like, check back with me in like eight weeks and I guarantee I will have watched a film that you've heard of. I guarantee it. At least one. Maybe two. We're so tantalizingly close. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, it feels like a long way to go, but I, I'm 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 pot committed to just getting through it and 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 making it happen because I see the potential. I think we see the potential here. It's crazy. I've been astounded, honestly. Yes. Continually, I've been astounded by Kurt Russell's performance in all the things that we've seen. Yeah, that's the that's the through line thus far for me. Mm-hmm. So. If you don't mind, Whitney, I, I'll I can do the synopsis. Do you want to do the synopsis and do change the synopsis. it up? Go for it. Okay. Particularly astute listeners might might be like, "Hey, wait a minute! It looks like you skipped one." Uh, the horse in the gray flannel suit, which is what I said we would be talking about on our last episode. It turns out that that is a very very difficult movie to find unless you like want to straight up buy it, and. Uh, on DVD, and the reviews of the DVDs I found sounded like they were just like burned VHS copies that someone was like mass producing in their basement. Mm-hmm. I was I was not super sold on the idea of buying this on DVD, uh, so we skipped it. However, you know I, I felt bad about that at first, but then I, I read a line from the Wikipedia page for the uh, <laughs> horse in the gray flannel suit, and I'm quoting it right here. It says. This is on the Wikipedia page, which is supposed to just be facts. The film, which was paired with Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day in its original theatrical release, received mostly negative reviews due to the predictable script. It failed at the box office. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised Wikipedia let that go without any citation. One That sentence right there, it failed at the box office, is just so... (laughs) Ah, what a sting. So here's what I'll say, Whitney. And, you know, you let me know what your thoughts are. If for some reason one of our current listeners um, is like, you got to review it, then maybe we'll swing back around to it. Maybe I'll drop the 10 bucks or the 15 bucks, whatever it was for the DVD. And we could do it at some point by before the end of this season. Mm-hmm. But if not, I, I'm OK. Like. I'm okay skipping a movie that was I mean, paired listen, with Winnie the Pooh. We've you know? watched what seventy five percent of these on YouTube because they're so hard to find elsewhere. Yeah, I don't really feel like both of us plopping down ten dollars for this movie unless there is a demand for it. If there is a demand for it, if you really want us to watch and review the horse in the gray flannel suit, I am happy to. But if no one's interested. We don't need to go that far out of our way to see it. Yeah. We, I think maybe we skipped one. I think maybe we actually only skipped one or two Keanu films as well. And and just by virtue of they're impossible to have mm-hmm. of, of watched, really. So I'll be honest, the the title had me intrigued, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it if the my expectations for the title would have matched up with the the script. I you don't know? think they would have. With that out of the way, we're talking about a film today called Guns in the Heather. And as Whitney alluded just moments ago, this has gone by many, many names. 
The one that we had to search for to actually be able to watch this thing was actually called The Secret of Boyne Castle, which is in its entirety on YouTube right now. So, again, Mm -hmm. you could just search The Secret of Boyne Castle and watch this movie if you were so inclined. The plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes is spies chase a U.S. exchange student and his buddy across Ireland to learn the secret of Boyne Castle. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, True. This movie was written by Herman Groves, adapted from a novel by Lockhart Ammerman, and directed by Robert Butler, who has directed quite a quite a bit of things. But again, as I said before, this is an old Hollywood guy. Now, he worked, f- as far as I could tell, far longer than many of those guys, well into the mid to late 90s, uh, but still very much like an old Hollywood guy. Mm-hmm. Co-starring alongside Kurt, I mean, there are a lot of people in this movie, but for the most part, it is Glenn Corbett, Alfred Burke, Patrick Dawson, Hugh McDermott, and Patrick Westwood. Whitney, (laughs) what do the critics and audiences have to say about whatever you want to call this movie? Well, as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned, this movie does not exist. Right. We have no critic score we have no audience score on rotten tomatoes so we had to yet again go to imdb where the boomers live for movie reviews <laughs> i love it and imdb audience gave it 6.4 out of 10 okay that feels pretty harsh for imdb right like uh, i guess so i mean i don't know of a i don't really know yeah we, right. we so rarely have to default to IMDb that I don't really know how their scores run on average, but. I have to check. I'll, I'll check into that. But yeah. All right. That's good. So uh, IMDb user Benson Mum 2 gave it four out of 10 stars and said, the secret of Boyne Castle isn't horrible, but it's not very good either. I have several problems with the movie, beginning with the horribly misleading title, being a Disney production with the name like The Secret of Boyne Castle, I was expecting more. The secret ends up being a real letdown. <laughs> oh boy, does it ever. Good lord. Mm-hmm. It's a piece of paper. That's the mm-hmm. whole that's the secret. Mm-hmm. Fuck. All right. This is what grates on me the most, really. When I go, you know, I, I feel hopeful. I have a sense of hope. I go to Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, maybe this is the one. Where we get a critical, we, we someone looks at this with a critical eye, and again, no, mm-hmm. nothing. And then no audience to boot. That's rough. Mm-hmm. So Whitney. I think you should start. Okay. I can. I, I, Go you for know, it. I have a lot. I have talk a lot about, here. Talk about if this movie worked for you. Yeah. The answer to that, um, just like very succinctly, is no, not at all. <laughs> I was I was supremely bored the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the worst part. And I think we've said this at at least about one other one of these films, maybe more. There's a there's a good movie in here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's tied down by like the you sensibilities. You need to cut an hour and 20 minutes out of this movie for it to be a good movie. Right. Well, yeah, there is that. Right. But it's so tied to the sensibilities of the time 
Mm-hmm. And like what was I guess I think what was like technically possible, but then also meeting the audience where they were in terms mm-hmm. of like this was 69. I think this one was. Yeah, 69. So there, uh, stuff like. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take a step back. I felt like I spent all day watching this goddamn movie, like really. And maybe I did because this is like two and a half hours. This mm-hmm. this production Again, it's one of these situations where adapted from a television uh, no, series. No, it was actually adapted or, from. A, it was made as a movie and then adapted, cut, cut into pieces for the television series. God, that makes it even worse because this thing yep. must have been just like, oh my god! All right, but it, so it's two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and uh, is any movie from nineteen sixty nine that's two two plus hours? Long? I, I I like I don't know I don't know. You would have to. You'd, I'd be hard pressed to think of a movie, uh, two thousand one, a space odyssey. Maybe what Kubrick was doing back then. I guess I would sit down and watch for two plus hours. You know what? Maybe a couple of years ago, I watched two thousand one, a space odyssey for the first time. I had sure. never seen it before. They were doing like a reissue or something. Their midnight movie. I don't remember what it was, but they were doing it at the Alamo Theater in New York. And yeah. I saw it for the first time and I felt like my whole life had passed while I watched that movie. So I think that's actually a pretty apt comparison, even though there's they're nothing alike. They're it's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, this movie is like it starts off like a very primitive Fast and Furious. And I was like, mm-hmm. at first I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a car chase. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the music starts up and I'm like, I'm getting James Bond vibes. Yeah, right? no, it's, it's very spy-like with the guy who's clearly in some sort of distress because he's sweating yeah. and having a hard time keeping the car straight and someone's chasing him. And it's, you know, it's, it's an exciting start. Right. I was like, because I didn't know what this movie was about and thought maybe we were in for another Western. Exactly. And so started out, I was like, oh, hell yeah, spies. And then as this movie went on, it was like the most frustrating game of cat and mouse I have ever witnessed, right? Where like every everything that happens is essentially here is a setup. These bad guys find them. How do they escape? And then they do escape. And then... And then the bad guys are actually surprisingly competent. So, mm. you know, then they they're like, oh, well, they probably went this way or they were on this truck or they were hiding back here. And it's just like hide, sneak, get away, hide, sneak, get away. Mm-hmm. And that's all this was. And so much of this, quote unquote, action happens in real time. Oh, my God. It's it's like so like when they're ducking down behind a fence as somebody's looking for them driving by on the road we see all of that play out in real time yeah when you have to like wait for the car to drive trying the fuck to by. escape from the bloodhounds they are doing that in real time so obviously this takes place over more than two hours of real world time but the yeah. action that you see takes place more or less in real world time, which means that you are like escaping is only exciting when there's an adrenaline element to it. We aren't feeling the adrenaline because we're not the characters. Yes. Oh, my God. When you are like showing them negotiating with a gas, uh, 
like a gas station owner to rent his car. It's just like, I don't, <laughs> it's just not interesting. The, the whole bus ride, they get on a bus and then someone gets on a bus that's like the spies following them and they realize it's a spy following them that gets on the bus. And then it's literally like 10 minutes of how do we get this guy off the bus without him killing us? That is basically my entire problem with this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it's too, it's only too long because they didn't edit enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and again, even if they cut these scenes down, of, of every single scene can be you can trim a minimum of four up to ten seconds off of easily. I don't need to. I don't need to watch a car come through a gate, pull up a road, and directly into a garage. Like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I got it right. So they were like, "This is a spy film, right?" I guess maybe that was like the that was the thing, right? Like maybe for whatever reason this was riding on the coattails of a James Bond film that was released around the same time. I don't I don't know what the the logic there was, but all I could think about the only movie I could think about the entire time I was watching this was or like a parallels how cool this would be if they positioned it like the National Treasure films. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you like or dislike those movies, I personally find the first one to be wildly entertaining. I mm-hmm. love watching Nick Cage, Nick Cage it up, right? It made all the movie it made for a reason. R- yes, of course, right? It is an entertaining escapist film. Yes. I think it's fun and, you know, diverting and all the things you want an action movie to be. It is by no means good cinema. No, not is, at all. It is fun movies. Yeah, it keeps you entertained. It is like the Da Vinci Code. You know, it is what Dan Brown is to like books. To mm-hmm. it's it is very much that, right? Uh, and, and also very much a game of cat and mouse, but it's it's done over a longer period, or, or I mean, a shorter film, but like more set pieces. And mm-hmm. then in between those set pieces, we're given information that feels important to move the story forward. Whereas this. Mm-hmm. It was just a chase and then an escape and a chase and an escape. And I don't know why I care about anything. Like, I just, like that was what I, I was like. Why? Why do I care? I hope that they get caught at, at some point. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The most exciting part was the beginning when the like bad guys catch them and interrogate them. And you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? So. Right. There was a cool that escape. That is a great setup because they're here. How are they going to get out? They found this little trap door that they were very smart about, like, kind of sealing it back up for whatever time that bought them. You know, that's my whole thing is the amount of spy like knowledge these two teenage boys have as far as doubling back over your tracks and what bloodhounds can and cannot smell and covering your tracks in the trap door so they take a second longer to find you and all of that stuff is beyond what you would expect two teenage boys with no background in intelligence right to be thinking of like every step of the way with the flying the plane at the end this kid is just like i can probably fly that and it's like (laughs) can you and the random javelin ability, like the javelin where he's ability, like, <laughs> all of it was just like, none of it was impossible, 
but all of it together was improbable. Yes. Consistently, they were like, when they were on the bus and Kurt Russell was like noticing the guy that was following him and figuring out a plan of what they were going to do and how they were going to evade this guy when they were all on the same bus. None of that was like impossible for a teenage boy to figure out and or do, but it was very improbably just like calm and collected and well thought out for two teenage boys on the lamb who had just been interrogated. Yes, of course. Also, this is true to life, but also bored me so much was how often they talked about how hungry they were. Consequences be damned. These kids just wanted to eat and sleep. Literally like every, literally like every scene that they're in, that's like another, you know, they're being chased. They hide, they escape. They talk about, we need like a nap and some food. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it. You're teenage boys. You do sleep a lot and eat a lot. But also, I don't care. I don't think I've ever seen Jason Bourne eat a goddamn thing. And I I never asked, man, when does Jason Bourne eat? Mm Because clearly the dude's burning a lot of calories, you know? Mm -hmm. It's fine. Those are the things. They focus on dumb details. And then... And then languished on, it was too much on stuff that didn't matter, really. Mm -hmm. And I got to ask, really, is it too much? Was it too much trouble for them to give us a satisfying ending for this film? Because what the fuck was, what what was that? It was just like, I, I, that was the biggest punch in the face because it was two and a half hours later and the movie ends in 10 seconds. Like. So literally this, the guy in the first car chase is dying and he goes to this boy's school to tell a spy's younger brother who doesn't know that he's a spy where to find this pivotal information. The andiron in his room in this castle. Great. Okay. There's secret information in a room in a castle and he's got to pass it on to his spy brother. That's a great setup. He didn't know his brother was a spy. He thought he was like a steel salesman or something. And all of that's great information. But then literally the whole rest of the movie is we have to get to this castle to find that information. And then you find the information and it's like the location of a person and then the movie's over. You expected like an atom bomb or something like, you know, Nazi gold or whatever. And it's just like. It's a defector. And. And there was like some like, oh, they they there is the defector. We're chasing after him. And the and then the boys once again, just, you know, the, to the rescue. And it, apparently they save the people who were chasing them. They're going to toss him in this dungeon for, I don't know, potentially ever. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the boys are like, we got to go back to school. And they it literally they literally ride away in a car. In the car that they borrowed, they're like, we got to get this back to the gas station and go back to school. Bye. That's it. They literally interrupt a line. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the Then the credits roll. And I was like, oof, oof. I don't, we, we, they were, uh, they ran out of film. Like this was clearly done on real film. And they were like, we got, you know, what? we got 37 feet of film left. We got to wrap this shit up, guys. Mm-hmm. I have a pitch for you. Whitney. Okay. Yeah. Here's the deal. I don't want to just be negative, right? 
and not mm-hmm. offer up any ideas. I think that's I, I don't think that's very constructive at all. Here's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I have notes mm-hmm. for a movie that's 40 years okay. old. I have I got notes. 41 years old. Yeah, let's hear them. Here's what I'm thinking. I, I'm going to I'll tie this up real, real easy. The one thing I noticed, I, I'm sure you noticed this as well, is that there are precisely, I mean, in a significant role, there are precisely zero women in this movie, right? Correct. That little that little in girl who serves them pie was like Perfect. a bright, shining breath of fresh air in this movie. Yes, of course. The the the, the there was a a maid in the castle and the innkeeper's daughter, whoever. But the maid the maid in the castle had like no joie de vivre. She yeah. was not interesting to look at. The girl in the in the inn who fed them pie had a lot of charisma and X factor and you like wanted to see more of her. Exactly. And she helped. She had a small but pivotal role in, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in delaying the enemies. Right. Yes. Here's what I was thinking. Cause when I'm watching shit like this and it takes as long as it does, my mind just begins to wander into the mm-hmm. pos- into what could possibly be. We're going to make this movie again. Okay. I'm going to say okay. it's going to be 90 to 105 minutes tops, okay? Okay. This is going to be a gritty female-led reboot, okay? I even cast this movie in my brain, okay? I need okay. your I need your opinion on this, okay? Okay. The role of Kurt Russell mm-hmm. will go to Zendaya. Hell yeah. 100%. Hundo P. Her friend, her friend this is going to be her friend. So the guy, the, his his yeah, buddy. Yeah, his best friend slash love interest. They had a lot sla- of chemistry. <laughs> yes, yeah, slash love interest. I'm going to keep it. That guy was very clearly actually Irish. I was like, uh-huh. great. I can also do that. I'm going to say uh-huh. Shersha Ronan in that uh-huh. role. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And because it's all female, the older sister, okay, mm-hmm. that's going to be Zoe Kravitz. Okay. Right. Yep. We're going to do the same exact shit that happened in this movie in a shorter amount of time. And we're going to there are there will be stakes. Right. This guy that they're smuggling out. Who is a defector? He's got some information. Mm-hmm. Right. That can change that can change things. I don't know exactly what it is yet. I haven't thought that far ahead. I got so psyched on the casting part of it that I was like, <laughs> I mean, God. so far, you, I will hand over my money to you to make this like I'm sold on the cast. But that's the thing when I was sort of downplaying the information, the like sheet of paper with a name on it and the guy is a defector and then they find the defector and they have to like rescue him. There's no conversation about why this defector is important why are these kids running all over ireland and getting involved in spy shit for this person they don't say anything other than that he's a defector like we don't know what information he has or what is pivotal is he just a guy who decided to run away and like he has nothing valuable to offer to any and like what even in this they don't go into all there's it's all east block stuff but they never talk about it 
They're like, we don't even want to pin it to a, a single country. We're just going to yeah. just a scatter shot. He could be from any any of these nine or ten places. As far as the movie is concerned, there is no like specificity for the bad guys or the good guys and what they're after and why they're working together or not working together. Yeah. There is no background at all about Eastern Bloc stuff or why uh, an American is in Ireland doing spy stuff or... Like, there's just nothing. There's no politics or pl- putting it in a place in time. And I hate movies about politics and, you know, covert spy stuff. As a general rule, I don't like those. Unless they're mm-hmm. actually like the Bourne movies, I'm not yeah. into them. Like, what about Atomic Blonde? Atomic Blonde? I love that. Okay, great. We're on the same page. Love it. Yeah. But, like, I watched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and that was a very well-made movie. It was excellent. But oh, it, yeah. I, not my cup of tea. Supremely boring to me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's a good movie, and I will not take that away from anybody. And sure. anyone who likes that movie, I understand entirely why. But it will never be the kind of movie that I seek out. But at least in those, at least in those, I know what the stakes are and who's fighting who and why we're doing this spy thing to begin with. And this yeah. movie has none of that. So you really literally never feel consequences other than the fact that these two are teenage boys and maybe their lives are in danger, but their lives are never even explicitly endangered. No, we don't in know. In the interrogation part, no one was ever, no one ever like roughed him up or anything. That's really it. When Kurt Russell wasn't going to talk at the very beginning, they were like, we're going to give you sodium pentothal and then you'll talk. That was the biggest consequence, like threat that was stated in like the whole movie was we're going to give you sodium pentothal. Yeah. So I really think that if you just set up who the bad guys are and who the good guys are and why, why is this defector important? Like, sure. Uh, we, like basic story stuff is what you're saying. Yes. Exactly. Basic story stuff. Why do we care? Like, okay, there's secret information. You can't go 90% of your two hour, two and a half hour movie with not knowing what the information is. Yeah. Like, it's just about finding out what the secret information is. And then they find it and then the movie's over. There has to be some sort of like, oh, you know, the... Eastern Bloc is going to take over all of the Western world as we know it if this defector doesn't, like, give us their secrets or whatever. There's nothing like that. They don't have any stakes set up in a global aspect that makes spy stuff have any sort of importance to a viewer. A hundred percent. That's really it. Mm-hmm. It was a nothing burger. There was nothing there. There mm-hmm. There was no there there. It was not, It was nothing. Have you seen the Netflix show End of the Fucking World? No, but I've heard oh. it's delightful. It is, is delightful. It? It's quite good. And it is, it's based on a graphic novel, but it's two teenagers who are in a like very grown up world out of their depth and trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to handle everything. And I think if you made this movie with that sort of stumbling around trying to figure out how to navigate this adult world and very serious things like, you know, abuse and rape and murder and, uh, you know, psychosis and all of these things that they're having to deal with as like 13, 14 year olds, 15, 16 year olds. I don't know how old they are. I don't I'm not good with ages, but 
it's it, incredibly well done and there's stakes for everything because if they mess up maybe they starve to death maybe they get murdered maybe they end up in jail and like yeah. these kids so adequately handled every task that was handed to them and every like roadblock with with such aplomb and always the right answer to like fix the problem that it never had stakes it just in any way shape or form it never had stakes correct yes and i do think that kurt russell and his irish friend should have kissed but that's just <laughs> right you're like there was more here than meets the eye but i don't think the audiences were quite ready oh definitely for, not for a disney for movie that. in 69 to uh, a gay teenage love story no not at all damn but it there was really good chemistry between those two i think literally one little like lingering glance and it would have been a movie about that see and in my gritty female-led reboot that is very much on the table mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to write the whole goddamn thing i just want to give them the idea i want to give it to a writer's room and be like look it's all here just, you know, it's like it's like a, that scene in Apollo 13 where he puts all the shit on the table. He's like, it's all here. Let's just figure this out together. That's exactly yeah. what I want. Yeah. Literally, all you need is a handful of lines of dialogue at the very beginning that sets up the global importance of this spying nonsense. That's it. That's really it. Like, so even if these kids aren't in danger because they're just kids, I mean, like, obviously, I think it's more... Um, like that scene in Inglorious Bastards with the family hiding under the floorboards? Of course, yes. Shoshana, yes. Oh, my God. That scene could have been what this movie was. Like, because there's so much hiding and escaping and plotting and, like, long shots of people searching for them and how close they are literally within feet of these kids and are they going to get away or not. Just a little bit of attention to the... And I think it's this is because it's a Disney movie. They don't want to ever put these teenagers in mortal danger. Right. That's true. Because it's yeah. a Disney movie. Yeah. But even just adding a little bit of an element of mortal danger, not even for them. These kids can still get through unscathed, but like mortal danger for his older brother, the spot. Right. Or whatever. Yes. If somebody's life or something of big global import is on the line, Every single minute of this movie would have been more important to me as a viewer. You you also inspired me right here. You brought up Inglorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. I, I think we should probably just cast the bad guy as Christoph Waltz. Let's go ahead and do that right now. If Christoph Waltz isn't in your movie, whatever your movie is, you're fucking up. <laughs> yes, I agree. A hundred percent. It, you know, you could be making Sleepless in Seattle. If Christoph Waltz isn't in it, it's a mistake. You only have the Hanks and the Meg Ryan part. Where is the Waltz part of this mm -hmm. film? Mm -hmm. This movie was like very, very disappointing for me. Because I was like so jazzed at a, at the at the just the hint of it being a spy movie. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And yeah. God pulled the rug out from underneath me. You kind of briefly mentioned this, but I literally felt like the the sands in the hourglass like slipping through my fingers as I was watching this movie. It's it was rough. 
I looked at how far I was into the movie and there was still a runtime of an hour left and I messaged Andrew and I was like, how is there an hour more of this? I know that I've had them, but I right now can't remember another movie that felt like it lasted as long as this movie does did. Sure. I know there's some out there because there's been a lot of movies where I'm like, well, that felt like it was forever. There was there was a moment where I was going to tell you, I see, I... I'll, all right, I'll, I'll tell you this in retrospect. It, it, there was no malice here whatsoever, but it was like, maybe I should just tell Whitney because th- this movie is split up into three v- three very distinct parts on YouTube. Like, it's mm-hmm. one runtime, but there are three segments to it. Mm-hmm. And each segment, each subsequent segment has a pretty good recap. <laughs> I was like, Whitney, you might just be able to skip like an hour 45 (laughs) and watch if you watch the recap in the last part. Listener, if you want to do that, please do. There is a part that is like previously on the secret of Bourne Castle. Yeah, just watch the part two recap and the part three recap and you're good. Yeah, it's it's a oh God. So I'll talk very like just at a at a superficial level, I thought this movie actually did like some. Pr- uh, considering that what we watched was very clearly like a VHS taped off of the Disney Channel oh, yeah, in the nineties. No, you can see the messed up tracking. Uh, despite all that, I thought that they did some really cool things with the cinematography in this movie. There was a lot of stuff where like the the camera was clearly on like mounted on a truck or a helicopter or like I was like they there was a lot of money put into the production of this movie and as far as I could tell unless I was mistaken this was actually all filmed in Ireland. So I'll give it up for like production design. Some of the cinematography was very cool. Some of the lighting was very cool, specifically at the night t- anything that they did at nighttime I thought was really nice. And everything else was largely unforgettable to me. I don't remember anything musically that I was like other than like this sounds vaguely James Bond-esque. Yeah, there were there were a few moments uh Jamie walked in and out throughout me watching this movie. Did not really yeah. watch any of it, but actually noted that there was no music in this movie and i was like there is you're just missing it but it's very like spy james bond sort of like 70s stingers just yeah in, in the edits there's not really a background score yeah it's got that like like that you know whatever that effect is for your guitar or whatever so i'll ask you what did you think of Kurt? Like he is in this, he is in this whole movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't go five minutes without seeing him in this movie. And that includes the opening chase sequence. Like it's about a two to three minute chase that ends with Kurt showing up. And then the longest we go without seeing him again is maybe another two to three minutes. So what did you think about him in this? Um, I don't, think that he drove the movie like I feel like he's done in the previous movies every Mm -hmm. time that Kurt Russell was not on screen in previous movies I was like there's no point in watching this anymore he was the the x factor that 
engaged you with the movie and every other one. I don't necessarily think he didn't have that in this movie, but I also don't think that it was really showcased in this movie because there were no stakes because there was no nothing keeping me engaged. I didn't, I didn't feel like they were in danger if they didn't get away. Yeah. I think they set that up pretty early with the interrogation and the fact that no one hit them, no one threatened them. No one even really pulled a gun out. They were just grabbed these two teenagers and then they got away. And the only threat that they even said verbally was we're going to put, true serum in you so i feel like if there had been a little bit more urgency it would have done better for kurt i don't think he was bad in this and i certainly think he was dreamy in this boy oh boy is that teenage whitney's cup of tea i talked about this before and it's still a thing i don't know why he didn't have more of a reputation as like a teen idol dreamboat I see it. I, I mean, I think I saw it in the list. Uh, it, so it wasn't I don't think it, you were speaking about the one and only genuine original no. family band, the one before that one. Yeah, I certainly saw it this time, especially in the beginning. Well, he's filled you know, out more. He's like, right. Gone through puberty and he's got like. A longer neck and a broader chest and is dreamy. Yeah, I- including your last uh, statement. I agree with everything. You know, it was like the relationship between the two of them, him and his buddy. I was I was like, OK, this is this is fine. Like, I, I really would have liked <laughs> I really would have liked to have had uh, a little bit more to go off of, whether that was like seeing them just in a moment or two before they get into these shenanigans mm-hmm. or like this is the this is the thing, right? Like we get this random javelin ability, you know, at at the 90 percent mark of mm-hmm. the movie. We get this random glider ability at mm-hmm. the 95 percent mark of the movie. Like mm-hmm. there was just no mention of this shit until it was necessary. Mm-hmm. So that's all that's all I really wanted. I, I thought Kurt was great. There was a lot of uh, it was like very clear to me, like. A lot of this was very physical, like when they're escaping and jumping and climbing and doing this shit. Uh, it's all it's all him, with the exception of probably jumping off of the train. But, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I thought he was fine. But again, it wasn't like he didn't have a lot to, to work with here. I don't know. I don't know how many pages of script there were, <laughs> but it's not. It, it wasn't two and a half hours. Not two and a half hours worth. That's for sure. There's. <laughs> Huge swaths of this movie with like no dialogue. Yeah, it's just barking dogs and Yeah, no, like the amount of time that we spent on the three of them in the back of that like hay truck being yeah. killed by the horse. I was like aghast. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? This is really what I was just we asking had myself. So much time on their faces hiding in the hay in that hay truck. And I was like, this is Shocking. Shocking behavior. I guess that however this was doled out on television or whatever, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was worthwhile as a watch, like live, when you couldn't like DVR it or whatever. You're like, that looks like a great romp. We have a very different 
movies were not really being shown on TV at this point the way that like they are now. And you watched, you know, 37 minutes of the movie and then you had to wait a week, a month. I don't even know how long it was with the, the world of color stuff with Disney. I don't know if that was like an every night, same time, same channel kind of a thing. We had to wait to get to the next part. And when it's tension of like these two kids avoiding spies, maybe it plays much better if you have to wait a week in between each segment. But I can't imagine that that would be true. Again, I feel like this met the audience where they were, though. I don't know how many people in 1969 were clamoring for a backstory and strong motivation. I feel like those are like today sensibilities. And for better or worse, that's how I like when I even when I watch older movies, I'm trying to apply those same principles. And I'm like, I just don't think that's how I I just don't think they cared, really. (laughs) Like back then they were like, this is fine. Go film it. It's done. I'm like, "Eh." yeah, not to be dismissive, but it certainly feels that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that's everything. I I, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Mm -mm. No, that's everything that I had to say about it. I don't want to be a bummer. I, I it's like the worst thing in the world to me. To be like a real bummer about something. Well, so, Carousel is very dreamy in this. I think that I think that's the takeaway. I think we can end on a high note and say yes. I agree that Carousel. Like, what seventeen, eighteen? A little bit, well, a lot bit too young for me to be, you know, lusting after. But he's starting to be like an adult now, and yeah. it's really working for him. And I don't understand why he wasn't more of a teen idol. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I understand. And then I like there's part of me is like, man, I hate this guy. You know, (laughs) like I want to hate him, but I'm like, I actually can't. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. And I'm not and it is not a comparison between the two. But I find this when I watch Chris Hemsworth, I I there is a part of me that is like, man, fuck this guy, because how can he be that funny? And that good looking. I'm like, you usually get to pick one, my friend. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Mm-hmm. So that's all. That's all. So, right. There's the, the, the takeaway as a positive. Kurt Russell, very dreamy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that this is like one of his things. Kurt Russell and his hair is something that we are going to talk about many, many times over the course of this podcast because it's it's one of his like signature things but also of course. his hair is so good in everything it's so luscious yeah even when it's all messed up like in the yeah. chase sequences here you're like damn even when it's just in like a you know boys school regular ass haircut it's still like dreamy and luscious and i i it's amazing. And it makes me understand now why he had so much weird hair in his career, because it still looks dreamy and luscious no matter what you're doing with it. So you can get weird with it. If you know, in the end, it's still going to come off as dreamy and luscious. Yeah. He, at some point he discovered, he was like, man, my hair just can't look bad. I <laughs> so can I literally might get well. the ugliest haircuts <laughs> in the history of cinema and pull it off. Yeah. No one. This is his superpower. This is truly his superpower. (laughs) Oh, my God. That makes me feel good. 
to talk to end on the hair. I like that. I like that. So Whitney, it's going to be a hard pivot here, but I'm excited. Okay. We're going to talk about our sponsor, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is a new one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. So I, I pulled this information myself. This isn't, this isn't part of the ad, but I pulled this myself to check. Uh, there was a poll with an insurance agency, okay, uh, about house fires, right? And seven out of 10 people said that they would try to rescue something on the way out, right? If they were like, my house is on fire, the alarm's going off, I'm going to rescue something, right? Mm-hmm. 36 and 33% of people said that they would save one of the, uh, an item. So 36% said this item, 33% said this item. Can you guess what those items might be? Off the top of my head, one of them is definitely photo albums. Absolutely. That's the 33% number, photo albums. 36% said something different. You want to take a crack at that? Computers? That's it. Computers, tablets, phones, whatever. Yeah. That's what they're grabbing, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> what if I told you that that for me, both of those items are one and the same, right? My photo Ooh. albums are on my computer. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I don't actually have, I don't know if I actually have a photo album in my house. I'm a minimalist. I can't, <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't take it. It would be super sad for me if my house got on fire and my computer was no more. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I don't care about the, you could replace things, right? But since all of my photos are on there, I'd be, and all of my work, really. And this podcast even <laughs> will be on, is on this drive as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I back my shit up all the time. And not only do I back it up here, but I back it up remotely. And to do that, I use Backblaze. Whitney, have you ever heard of Backblaze? I'm pretty sure you've mentioned it to me before. I probably have. Yeah, Even if you were just like seeing me... There is like a world backup day, like every day, like every day of the year is like a day for some mm-hmm. reason that yeah, I like and it's it, nas- like international donut day or <laughs> yeah, like whatever, like what, like sibling could, day or love your pet day. Yeah. Some day. of them, some of them I like, I could get behind, like you're talking donut day. Just let me know when that is. And I'm going to get donuts, right? Like mm-hmm. I've been using Backblaze for a decade and before before any of this stuff, I mm-hmm. have been using them forever to back up all of my stuff. There is a rule when you do what I do. It's called the three, two, one rule. Um, uh, three copies of your data, two backups, and then one offsite. So Woof. this way, yeah, it's a lot. I, I and I get it, but for the work that I do, I have, uh, for instance, you I've shot a it. wedding. Yeah, yeah, I've shot a wedding. If I lose a wedding, what? Yeah. <laughs> I can't ask them to do it over? Like, what? Yeah. So I don't tell people to go that crazy with everything. But it is a good idea to just have, like, a failsafe in case of something terrible going wrong. It doesn't have to be a fire. You could have a lightning strike, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Your power could just go out. And sometimes that could, like, kill a hard drive. It's yeah. pretty crazy. I can't tell you how much stuff I've lost because I have not backed stuff up so i'm 100 percent with you i've lost years of my life i don't have any of the stuff from film school i don't have a reel <gasps> i had a reel 
but all of that's gone. No, yeah. see, that's 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 heartbreaking, right? It is. You it feel is. bad. Every Feels single bad. thing that I worked for in high school, or not high school, in film school, and just out of film school, I don't have anymore. Could have been prevented. And people want to see that. I yeah. guarantee we're going to get emails about it. <laughs> well, I don't have it, so don't email. Right, I know, but you know. <laughs> Oh, that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. So for $6 a month, Backblaze will back up everything that is connected to your computer. It's not just like what's on your computer. Like if you plug it, if you have like one of, if you're one of these people, not like, not unlike myself, who has like three or four hard drives plugged in at any given time, Backblaze is also backing all of those up as well. Right. Yeah. Put it in perspective. I have 42 terabytes of data backed up with Backblaze right now. That's, that's ten. Crazy. That's ten years worth of data backed up with them. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Probably most people will never have that much data <laughs> to worry about. I hope you don't for for your sake. But if you do, know that Backblaze will be able to take care of that. They're not bullshitting with that unlimited thing. Mm -hmm. I've tested it. We have a fifteen day free trial for you to just. Take it for a test drive and see if it will work within your setup. Mm -hmm. And if you dig it, it's $6 a month for your computer and everything plugged into it. And that's, it's truly unlimited. I don't know how else to sell it to you. I've been using it for 10 years, well before I asked them to help us out with this podcast. So yeah, a decade of being a customer is you're, you'd be hard pressed to find a better recommendation than that. Correct. I, and I have the receipts I'll post a screenshot if you need to. I will show you. And I'll show you that I have 42 terabytes backed up as well. I don't care. It's 12and24.com slash backblaze. I realized up until this point I had not said that, but we try to make it easy. So if anyone's ever sponsoring the show, it's probably going to be 12and24 slash name of business. Yeah. Just for my own goddamn sanity. Uh, backblaze. I... I can't, I can't recommend it more other than to say a decade with them and I probably another several decades. It's, yeah. it's really, <laughs> that's what I got. So there you go. Nice. Back up your shit. <laughs> Backblaze, that one's free. You can have that one if you want, you know? Just I, I know you have a little soundbite <laughs> everywhere. Put it. On your YouTube, you can use it on your Instagram reels, whatever you're into. Mm -hmm. That'll be great. Whitney, mm -hmm. I have precisely one paragraph of plot on Wikipedia for Correct. Guns in the Heather, as mm -hmm. it's called on Wikipedia, that I will read really, really quickly here. And then we'll just get to the fun part, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, this is fully... I, I read through this. Generally, what happens, <laughs> I think, Whitney, I don't want to speak out of turn for you. Uh, I generally don't read these beforehand. I just see that Correct. they. I do the same thing. I because if there's nothing there, then we have to actively seek out and or like rewatch the movie to get the major plot points or whatever to share with you guys. So it's always a let me double check and make sure that it exists. And then I don't actually look at it from there. So. This is going to be new to both of us. I have a feeling that this is not going to be a very good synopsis. I Just like in my gut. But again, not very much of substance happens in this movie. It's like eight chase sequences. 
and it's over. So mm-hmm. here we go. Rich Evans, played by Kurt Russell, an American exchange student at the Leinster School in Ireland, is interrupted when a bleeding man drives up to the school and gives Rich a message for his brother, Tom, before dying. Which is a great opener. It's a great <laughs> like, opener. It's such a good opener for a spy movie. I was ready. I yeah. was like, I was in. And then I just slowly deflated like a balloon for the next two hours. It's unfortunate. It's sad. No one wants to see it. Rich and his friend Sean are taken from school by a man who claims to be from the American embassy, but who turns out to be an Eastern Bloc agent. Okay. Rich and Sean make a daring escape from these men and eventually reach Tom who is an American intelligence, Tom is his older brother, who is an American intelligence agent and not the Irish sales rep for an American steel company as Rich thought. Hmm? Bombshell. Holy shit. He really takes it in stride, though. Kurt Russell is not at all phased by all of these people saying your brother's a spy. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, no, I only know him. Like, all he's ever said to me is that he sells steel. But also he goes with it. He's not like, this is not possible. Why am I messed up in this? Because my brother is not a spy. He's always like, "Mm, he might be a spy. So the article here, the plot takes a real, skips over quite a bit. All I'll Mm -hmm. say is that uh, Tom, he's like, great, you two got to me. You gave me the message I needed from the guy who died. I'm going to put you on a plane to London. All right. Rich and Sean, as Kurt Russell and his friends, get off the flight to London. Because the bad guys have followed them there and they've gotten on the plane. This was a great, again, there's some cool set pieces here where, like, they see them. And this is back when, apparently, you just walked onto the tarmac to get onto a plane. And there were steps for both first class and coach. So to keep the classes, <laughs> you know, we can't mingle. You know, you go on the back of the Have you plane. never walked on the tarmac to get on a plane? Uh, one time and it was, it was like a connecting flight. I was flying to Savannah, Georgia. So I flew to Atlanta and then we got off the plane and walked to the tarmac for like a prop plane that only held eight of us, which was very mm-hmm. scary. Mm-hmm. But that was the only time I've ever been on the tarmac. <laughs> Not yeah, for no, a plane I've, this I've size. Been on, I've been on the tarmac a couple of times. Um, one time for a plane this size, but mostly it's all been little tiny, scary tin can planes like you're talking about. They get off this plane. They meet back up with Tom. They're like, let's get to Boyne Castle, even if we get separated. They do get separated at some point, but they all still head. A good solid hour of this two hour and 25 minute movie is just two boys in the Irish countryside. Flirting with Irish inmates and waitresses of all of all kinds getting on buses and off buses and on trains and off trains and in cars and out of cars and in inns and out of inns and that's it and they go into the room of the guy who who died in the beginning right (laughs) he said my room boyne castle the andiron right so kurt russell immediately goes over twist this little thing off, you know, it's like, oh, someone's watching me, whatever. It's basically with 
contained within this, the, the secret, the proverbial secret of Boyne Castle is information about an East Block defector scientist, like when he is going to be uh, taken to the United States, right? It was, yeah, it was, it was like, like transfer custody info of this is when he's going to be handed off. Turns out that the guy who like let them in and pretended to be Lord Boyne was the big bad, which, I, you know, kind of saw that from a mile away, mm-hmm. you know. So Tom and his friend get locked up with the real Lord Boyne in this kind of like lot of they got, they got locked up. <laughs> yeah, they got locked up in the room with the most amount of weaponry, which I thought was the best. <laughs> There's like spears and axes and all sorts yeah. of crazy kill shit in this room. And they're like, let's put them in here. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I feel it sounds like Angela a thing that Lansbury I've watched. is a witch and she like haunts a bunch of armor uh-huh. to help fight the Nazis. <laughs> uh-huh. It's crazy when you say it that way. But um, it reminded me of the like museum or antique store, wherever it was that had all of this old armor and like swords and axes and stuff, because it was so much of it sitting around this basement in this castle where they locked yeah. up everybody. It was like all of these old pole axes and swords and just all kinds of crazy weaponry yeah it's 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 bananas which right? doesn't really get used at all yes <laughs> right unfortunately i was hoping for like this like the the help of the house versus these eastern block agents uh, but again it's yeah. disney so like i don't know I, I couldn't have expected too much but they use like a, a lance for jousting as as like a javelin and that's it Right. That's it. No one ever picks up a weapon to to try and fight back against these guys. I know. There's like axes all over the place, like a full on battle axe mounted to the wall. It doesn't matter. Essentially, when Rich finds this letter, he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to call the embassy. Let them know that like all this is going down. Maybe we get some backup here. Turns out like these Eastern Bloc guys, they just like routed the phone line to this recording device or whatever. Like, so long story short, they all get locked up in uh, Rich and his friend. Like Whitney said, they use a javelin uh, or they use a spear, I guess, as a javelin. It's like a it's like a lance. Yeah, it's like, like it's not what it is meant would for. Use to joust one another. <laughs> Apparently, Rich, Kurt Russell's character, can throw the javelin like a motherfucker. Like this dude, and he's accurate, right? Like he yeah, hits this like window. Wars in in the world or something like that. They kept saying a number, and I was like, this number means nothing to anybody. I, right, it's like, uh, is that good? Is that how many degrees? Is that your percentage? Is this like your at bats? I don't understand what you're talking about this number means nothing to me. but he kept saying it like hey i've got 76 and a half and it's like oh cool yeah the olympics was four years summer olympics are four years ago i don't know that information off the top of my head is that good is that bad they they escape this dungeon which was supposed to be unescapable right right well there's there's a window way high up and it's a very small window but they get the javelin tied to a rope and they use it as a like a grappling hook yeah, it was Tom it was gets out. clever, clever. Tom gets out. He goes back. He lets everyone out. 
uh, of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. They overtake all the Eastern Bloc, well, the Eastern Bloc fellas. Half of them leave to go get this scientist who will be arriving shortly, based on information they just had. Mm-hmm. Tom is like, I got to go stop this. He leaves. He's like, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell's friend, you stay here. <laughs> I got this. This dude is the worst spy in history because apparently he doesn't have shit ever. He's bad at his job. With mm-hmm. If not for Kurt Russell, this guy'd be dead like I mean, three times. They walk up to him in a room and say, come with us. And then he's just captured because he just goes with them. James Bond and Jason Bourne are not going to be like, well, you got me, I guess. You're pointing a gun at me. I have to go with you. I saw J- I saw Jason Bourne kill a guy with a book. Yeah. Tom, Tom, the American spy, is captured three times in this movie easily is that right yes yes he re- yes he really is yes kurt russell is caught like one time just in the beginning and he learned the lesson tom turns his back and is captured again and like doesn't do anything to escape he's like i guess i'll wait for 17 year old kurt russell to come save me he never calls in backup either he's the worst Who is he's really agent <laughs> From America, who's in Ireland dealing with Russian block defectors, who's like, has no partner, no team, no headquarters. He calls no one. He talks to no one. Makes you wonder, actually. Maybe, maybe Tom is, I don't know. I don't know about maybe this guy like anymore. like a double agent and was like failing on purpose so that the, the you know, the good guys didn't get the defector scientist my stupid little brother keeps interfering god what an asshole i'm trying <laughs> gotta to go with bungle gotta my roll way with into it. eastern block spy services tom goes to intercept this scientist who's arriving uh as do many of the eastern block guys including the big bad apparently you could spy all of this from the highest tower of uh, Boyne Castle. Mm-hmm. They use a telescope or something. They're like, look, there he is. Oh, he's being pursued on in a boat by the bad guys. There's like three boats, right? There's like a little boat and then the big boat with the scientist on it and then another boat with the Eastern Block guys. Yeah, like a cool speed boat, right? So the, the, the little boat has the defector on it with Tom and another fellow. And they are being pursued actively by the bad guys in a speed boat. So Rich, Kurt Russell, and his buddy, they're like, well, we got to help. They get in a glider, of all things, a plane plane with no engine. Yeah. It's just literally a glider. Mm -hmm. And they drop cannonballs on the pursuing (laughs) boat. Lay us off the cliffs of Ireland. I, I, another random teenager from a boys' school, have knowledge of flight. I'm a pilot. He's a, he's like, I have, I'm a, I have a pilot's license. Yeah. Interesting. And so they fling the glider off the cliffs and I guess I'm pretty sure you can't fly a glider full of cannonballs because that's like the whole thing that gliders <laughs> two are people, is like two light people and aerodynamic. But they're like, let's load this baby up to the gills with cannonballs. We'll just drop them. And drop them on the boat. Yeah. That'll stop them. They do. It turns out that, that <laughs> that's exactly how gliders work. <laughs> takes, it takes a try or two. 
But then they yeah. got the cannonball square into the middle of the speedboat, and then they sink, and apparently none of the Eastern Bloc guys can swim. None of them. They're bad at swimming. So they're rescued by Tom, which is weird. But then they all go back to Boyne Castle. And then they're trying to, like, wrap up the story, but Kurt Russell's like, we are so late for class. See you later. And that is... And they get in their piece of shit car that they rented and they drive out of Boyne Castle and the movie ends. So we don't know what happens to the scientist. We don't know if Tom reports back. We don't know what the scientist knew. We don't know if Tom, like in this movie so far, everyone's just said like you're captured and then everyone agrees with it. So where Tom has been captured every time up until now. Uh huh. Tom turns around and is like, I say, pulled you out of the water, you're captured. And they're like, okay, even though they outnumber him. We don't know any of this because the movie just ends with Kurt Russell and his friend running into a car and puttering off. And that's, that is Guns in the Heather. Or if you prefer yeah. The Secret of Boyne Castle, whichever one, that's that. Yeah. I stand by. As always, Whitney, I think mm -hmm. there's a good movie in here. Uh, and that could just be mm -hmm. because it started strong and I, I was coasting off of this, the strong start. But I feel it. I feel it. Maybe they'll maybe they'll revisit it one day. I don't know. Yeah. I got to ask, mm -hmm. are you recommending this film? No. Andrew. Are you recommending this film? I I am going to continue this streak that we have of just simply not recommending anything from Kurt's the, the first so far the first five years of Kurt's career. <laughs> Which bumps me out. I take no joy in saying no to the recommend. I I, we I are, want to. We are going to get to like 100% all hits so soon. But it's so it's close. Been, it's been a real kind of drag on the beginning of this podcast that like not a single one of these do I recommend to people. It's it, it hurts it hurts yeah. the soul. It's it's rough. Now the real question that I want to know is Andrew oh where God. do you rank this? I can't believe I this is uh, this is unbelievable to me. I have to put this as my last film. I, I again, two movies in a row. I have to put this as my last film. I uh, percentage wise, this movie. You would rather watch the one and only genuine original Family Band again before you watch this again. <sighs> Let me think. You know. If I sat you down and said, you have to do one of two things tonight. Thing one is watch the one and only genuine original family band. And thing two is watch Guns in the Heather slash The Secret of Boyne Castle. Which one do you pick? Okay. All right. Well, when you put it that way, then this is my number four movie. Okay. Thank you for helping me clarify and center myself here. This is my number four movie because... While both of these movies are similar in length, weirdly. <laughs> Neither <laughs> one of these movies 
should be this length. No, not at all. <laughs> it's it's absurd that these two movies are as long as they are. Yeah, I, I so I would say that there were more discrete parts of this movie that I enjoyed just as like like from a genre exercise than anything. Mm-hmm. So I'll put this at number four for me uh, only because of those discrete elements. But again, that, it's like a very tepid four. <laughs> like it's it's certainly going to move down the lists, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. believe it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So number four for me. How about you? Again, if this movie were an hour shorter, it would be number one on my list out of all of them. Because I think that overall, this style of movie is more up my alley than any of the other things that we've watched so far. Yeah. As it stands, though, with literally feeling the hours of my life tick away minute by minute while I'm watching this, I also have to put it at number four. We are still... (laughs) 100% in agreement on our lists. Holy mackerel. This is this is depressing. But like it's so I must have been under some weird impression that older movies were just shorter. Like I don't know where I'm like I don't know why my memory is betraying me this, in such a way, but like for whatever reason well, I just also, felt like we are literally watching like lost movies. I guess that yeah. That are like recorded off of TV onto a VCR and then copied from a VCR into a digital file and then uploaded to YouTube. Like, it's not like you're watching, you know, Citizen Kane or something. Sure, sure. These are movies that nobody knows about and that's for a reason. Yeah. There's a reason nobody has heard of any of these movies. I get it. I get it. It's still... The, like, 90-minute movies are always going to be the best movies because the more concisely you can tell a story, the better. Right. Even if it's a bad story, if mm-hmm. it, if it's over quick, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and waste 90 minutes. Like, I'm, I've actively done that. To watch a movie that people are like, oh, it's bad. I'd be like, I... Part of me is like, I gotta know how bad, how bad is it? Cats in the theater. <laughs> you sure did. Act, and that was after. And that was, was that not after? Because everybody yeah. was like, it's so bad. Right. It's not People something like, you should it's wait so for. So bad, you'll go crazy. Your brain will break in the theater. That was a little bit of hyperbole, but like, there's no way I'm not gonna go see that movie. Right. You're not wrong. Everyone's like, it's so bad. Your brain will destroy itself. I have to see it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, geez, no recommends. The lists remain identical, which is just baffling to me. But I mean, I think it's very telling also, really, uh, about the quality of what we're watching here. It is like, obviously, two people's opinions does not equal fact. Sure. But it kind of is fact. Like, this is the order of how good these movies are. Because we have very different tastes in things. And to come at it from the exact same angle with the exact same, like, one, two, three, four, five down the list, we completely agree on the quality of these movies in the same order, kind of makes it, like, empirically, this is how they are. Yeah, that's truly, I think that's truly it. Yeah, just based on... 
how we approach the the different films and how we have in just knowing each other's tastes and stuff like that. It's it's pretty remarkable, actually, that so far it's like, yeah, well, this is kind of like canonically. <laughs> this is how these movies are like, uh, you know, it's rough. So there you go. I hope this was fun to listen to. At the very least, uh, we're if you an hour short of the runtime of the movie, so <laughs> at the very least, we've saved an hour of your life. Sure, and as uh, I believe in our chat, uh, in our Discord, Catherine had noted that that is a very uh, a very valuable service that we provide to everybody. <laughs> so thank you, Catherine, for that one. Let's talk next week, Whitney. <laughs> oh my God, I hope. That our luck changes with this one. As you have hinted that it may, you are going to be walking us through our next film, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. This I have not seen in the same kind of amount of time as the one and only genuine original family band. So I do feel like my word is slightly uh, less credible now than it was a few weeks ago. Okay. But... When people talk about the computer war tennis shoes, they also talk about short circuit and they talk about flight of the navigator. And that's mm. what I remember this movie being. So it's still very family Disney focused, but it is, I think, going to be the first fun movie of the lot. That's refreshing to hear. Again, I could be wrong because I said a lot of things about liking the one and only genuine original family band. And that was. That was as long as there aren't any like secretly baffling. racist people in the computer world. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I can't promise that because there's a lot of racism in short circuit, too. Yeah, there was. And I don't there remember, was. Is there racism in Flight to the Navigator? Maybe. Probably. I, you know. So I make no promises about racism. That's good. I would rather that and then be like, well, Whitney didn't say that there wasn't any. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. The Computer War Tennis Shoes. I believe we'll have a guest on for that one also. So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. It was great having Lindsay on the last one. Uh, That's always fun. So and just for the record, everyone, after the snafu with uh, the horse in the gray flannel suit, I personally went through and checked the rest of our list, which 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 looks like this. So we have the Computer War Tennis Shoes, the Barefoot Executive, Fool's Parade, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, Charlie, and the Angel and Super Dad for the rest of season one. These are all available in some capacity. <laughs> either, yeah. yeah, Whitney, it's either on Plex or uh, for the case of the Computer War Tennis Shoes, I think is on Disney Plus, actually. And a few of these might be. Uh, I, think I think now you see him. Might be. Yeah. Now, yeah, you, see him, now is, you don't, I believe, is also on Disney Plus. So Yeah. So now we're getting into movies that are. That are not lost movies. Right. They like meet a certain quality standard. <laughs> like they're, exactly. they were on DVD, maybe. They, so. they deserve to be like kept in the history books of film i don't i just don't want to see the tracking lines please just come on it's just As i don't want to see someone's vcr tracking or like they literally set a camcorder on a tripod and recorded this off of a tv onto a camcorder or something yeah That's it's been not the good quality of everything that we've watched so far it's all been terrible because it it's all been dupes and dubs yeah, it's no good. It's no good. So uh, the computer wore tennis shoes. Uh, this one, 
Looking forward to it. Looking forward to all of these, you know, hopefully a new number one, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping I'm hoping. We just go in each week hoping we've got a new number one. At some point, the answer will be yes. It is just it's a matter. It's not if it's it's just when. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Whitney, this has been fun. Mm -hmm. I I really, really enjoy uh, chatting with you about movies like this. So I do, too. If people wanted to keep up with you and what you're doing on the Internet, maybe maybe a new addition to your household. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Where would they find you? (gasps) Tell them. I have a new kitten. Her name is Uh Lentil. She is murderous and (laughs) a terror. She MMA fights ghosts in the middle of the night. Um, That's perfect. Yeah. As cats are wont to do. (laughs) She looks like she stuck her nose in the mustard jar. She's got a little like blonde mustache when the rest of her is white and black. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I post a lot about her on Instagram at Whitney Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N. And then I'm on Twitter at Whitney underscore Nelson, but I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be. Um, but that is where you can keep up with me and my antics generally. One of those two places. Perfect. Perfect. You can, uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram as well at Dark Driving, I noticed uh, I noticed a few of you have followed me, so thank you for that. Uh, that's always cool. Oh, I did, I did want to shout out. Um, we mentioned this in the last episode, but our our review, our five star review, he has followed me on Instagram, and he met Kurt Russell. He's met several celebrities he used to work in Hollywood and said that Kurt Russell is one of the most generous and cool guys that he's ever met. So just as as a like in the realm of Keanu Reeves and Kurt Russell and these people that we're doing, it's nice to have sort of fans of this show, part of the audience, having that discussion and having met him and, and reassuring that he is genuinely a cool guy. Right. You never want to like do this much work and be like, oh, shit, he's an asshole. Damn it. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. I think that was, is that Steve? Steve. I want to say Steve. I I think it's Steve. Yeah. Uh, So thank you. It's always cool. And we get to glimpse into your lives like Whitney and I have as well. So that's kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool thing. So... Uh, yeah, at Dark Driving, Twitter, Instagram, do all that stuff. So I am uh, vamping so I can press this button. <laughs> oh, didn't work. There it is. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning.
because of our life has gone now. Between <laughs> and but we did right. it. Movie plus podcast. Good yeah. Lord. Um, <laughs> it's the sunk cost fallacy for sure. You know, maybe if we talk about it, it'll make sense. I know that's it's, no, that's no. just another hour and a half of our lives gone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I am a gambler. Oh, no. 